Welcome to Max and Men. We're back again. Commentators of the culture, debates of things that matter and some that don't. I am Kobna. Welcome to the show. And today, the men behind the mics are. You know it, as usual. Big rocks in the place. And Crafty's in the house today. So, yeah, thanks for being here, guys. Remember, you can follow us on all the socials Instagram, Mike's Ambassad Men, uh, Facebook, Mike's X Men. Uh, you can email us, Mike's Men One at gmail.com, or follow us on Twitter at Mike's and Men. Um, how's it going, guys? You good? Yeah, all good. Yeah, enjoying yeah. the week. 100%. 100%. It's uh, Easter weekend. Um, you guys have caught me. Well, it's Monday today, right? And I think the last few days have just been a bit crazy. So I'm really tired, but really very blessed. It's been full of a lot of family, a lot of food, a lot of booze. So, um, yeah, it's been good. 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 Enjoyment. Can I do much to say? Uh, family, food, a little less booze. <laughs> but, yeah, all good. Can't complain. Thank God. Good, good, good. Let's get into you. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go on, go on, you. Yeah, no, I'm right. Uh, a lot of family. He's always trying to escape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then he moans when we don't. Nah, nah, nah. nah. Like you, you just... Listen, yeah, yeah, attacking me, bro. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been good to have a little bit of free time. I'm happy to have time away from work. Mm. So that's been very much appreciated. Um, You're working from home, though, it? Uh, no, we're back in the office now. We're back oh, in yeah. the office. We're back in the office three days a week. Personally, I think that's perfect. If I had a choice, not digressing, but if I had a choice, this whole working from home situation, I think it's crazy. When people are like, oh, I needed some time away from work. I'm like, like you work from home, man. Every day is a holiday for you. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, you're, you're right in the sense that th- being able to go in for three days and be at work from home for two days is mm. actually a very, it's a very nice setup, right? I think there's the climatizing to being back in the office and spend mm. all that time away. Mm. So now it's like you're going in there, your mindset is different, your different, feeling yeah. is different. It's like, uh, so... But you've also uh, got a balance of knowing that while you're physically in that office, you're not going to be there again in a day or in two days. And so the focus I feel like you have, yeah. you're probably more productive because you take advantage of the space, the people, the conversations mm. while you're there. And then when you're at home, you kind of manage your diary slightly different. That's how I feel. It's, right? I guess it's the way it's structured, right? So for us, it's like Mondays and Fridays are from home. Right. Mondays so, and Fridays. Yeah. Yeah. Mondays and Fridays. Um, so your Mondays Sounds are usually great. are usually yeah, front loaded great. with a lot of status meetings, like trying to work out what you're gonna do for for like the week on running on running products and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then on Fridays they try and keep it meeting free. So obviously you still you're still doing your work but you don't have to come into the office so it's calm. Mm. Like it's a it's a great setup, to be honest with you, but I think it's <coughs> just getting used to the commute. Being seen as seeing some faces, you're like good, to, you're happy to see, and then you know, in the rare occasion, some people you'd rather not see. But there's also that to manage. It's not, it's not. This is not a, at all a big deal or a massive inconvenience. It's just like things that you're readjusting to because you've been at home for so long. Do you know what I think is mad though? I had this conversation with um, my daughter's mother, who once upon a time, obviously like all of us, worked from an office five days a week, mm. and in those instances, at times she could be anywhere like we all are sometimes it's south sometimes it's north it depends on where she's at what she's doing and she's now transitioned to the point where for a very long period of time she did five days a week at home and now they're asking her to go into work maybe i think it's two days a week or one day two days a fortnight i think it might even be oh wow and just the energy (laughs) and the whole kind of like oh my god 
I have to go back into work for two days. How not like how dare they? But it's it's almost like it's foreign now to go and do something that we did every single day mm. two years ago. Yeah, that's the thing though. The, like the whole the, new the whole world has changed. So, yeah. it, I, I get so you're it. right. You're, I just it, think it's crazy. It, it sounds crazy, but it's, it's, it's and for someone that's still doing it, like myself, yeah. to hear someone come to me and be like, "Oh my god, how do you go to work every day?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm 36, babe. I've been doing this for the last 16 years. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, what have you been doing? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's a mad conversation, but I do get it's it's people's behaviour, right? So habits are um, kind of what they've been used to, man. Yeah, habits are quick to manifest. Anyway, yeah, but it's, it's been. It's been a uh, good getting that time from home, man, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a couple of uh, topics to get into. Um, recently, in Florida, their governor like, signed legislation which basically bans teachers from discussing LGBTQ topics like so- sexual orientation, gender identity, all that kind of stuff, unless they're in at least the fourth grade, year four. What's year four, man? Year, year four, like... <laughs> Man, do you know what? We said the same year four, thing. Year like eight. Do you know what? Off, off camera, we said the same thing. Is that eight? I, I think. Is that eight? Is, that's eight years old. Yeah, check it. Let's not speculate. Because they're great. It's eight to nine. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Nine to ten. Yeah, nine to ten. Nine to ten. Right, okay. Year four. Nine to ten. Fourth grade is year five in the it's UK. year five. So what's the, the first? What's their entry level? Oh, because they have like, they have um, kindergarten, kindergarten, then they have element, like, elementary schools broken down into... Yeah, yeah, but fourth grade is elementary school, isn't it? Yeah, it's in elementary school. So it'd be the, the but they have elementary school, elementary and then they have junior slash middle school before they have high, high school. school. Yeah, 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 okay. I don't know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, and on the back of that, kind of Disney, obviously one of the biggest child-centric brands in the world, said, you know, they've got an issue with this, um, and that they want to make 50% of their leading characters now part of the LGBTQ community. So, you know, obviously being LGBTQ, given all the like letters that go in there, it's not just, you know, gay people or trans people. It is, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, transgender, sorry, queer, questioning, intersex, right? So, you know, What's obviously, the a? obviously like asexual as well. Asexual. asexual. There we go, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, intersex, asexual. Can I stop you there for a second? <laughs> let's not get let's not get lost in the nomenclature. Like. Ten seconds. What I find silly is that they they've added Q and I and A since it was first. It was LGBT, right? Yeah. Mm. And it, you know, it's like at what <laughs> they need to rename it something else that just encapsulates what they're trying to. Uh, group together because how, how many more to, like, because so, a group like, could have an identity with, that's already established now but if they maybe grow or get more um, members into uh, their ideas is that when it gets added on I feel like if somebody was sitting here answering this question who was a member of that following I feel like they would probably turn around and say actually we need to do the exact opposite because by keeping it an acronym and by pushing it and demanding that people understand the acronym as much as we have to. We've just had to learn what the A and the I means. We already knew what LGBTQ meant because it's been somewhat Mm. thrown down our throats to an extent. (coughs) But it's giving all of those different forms of sexuality their own independent place in society by making this acronym exactly what it is. 
yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Be grouped. Yeah, and I don't necessarily. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm saying devil's advocate. If I put that hat on, that would probably be the response. Mm. I guess you've also got to think of it and say that essentially, it's whatever has whatever sexual orientation or identification that exists out of what the cultural norms have been to date. But then to make out like it's anything that's not considered normal makes makes that sexual orientation seem like it's not normal, which is exactly what they're trying to trying to combat. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. So it, that's like kind of makes it difficult. Coming out the closet. So it's oh, it's okay. um it should be what yeah exactly. So should, in an <coughs> ideal world, that whole notion of coming out the closet should be removed. Yeah, right? because people should be comfortable from like whenever they decide or understand or feel acknowledge whatever it is mm. their sexual orientation some people tell you that it's a natural thing that that they know straight from birth other people it's something that they has always been there but they learn more about themselves when they come to so the whole discovery journey is different which is why it's quite interesting that Disney are taking this stand because they are they play a big role in how <coughs> these kids see themselves over a period of time that is quite important to formulating who they are. Mm. And their uh, president of general entertainment content, uh, Kerry Burke, she says she's got two queer children. She, well, she describes them as queer, right? So one of her children is transgender and another one is pansexual. Mm. Um, I need to work out a pan... I used to think pansexual meant that, like, you are sexually attracted to like all gender identities right yeah that's correct that is it correct yeah it's but not then... sexual it's other stuff what do you mean <laughs> it's, it's not a sexual attraction you're attracted to something else and that's why it's nothing about men or women oh it's like a, there's like a particular quality or whatever yeah yeah, yeah okay basically. so like all right, like, so, like, sorry, like sapiosexual, which is some kind of, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's same, basically yeah. Saying it's similar, so but same it's, it's not the mind. I, I don't, let me, let me check. <laughs> because, because, okay, so, she, so, so one of her kids is, um, is pansexual. Yeah. The other one is transgender. So she's, she's got two, um, she's got two queer, um, kids that she, as you referred to. And for her, it's really important for them to have that kind of representation. But there have been arguments also that it's way too early to be discussing those kind of things mm. with this audience. Has Disney gone too far or are they taking up, are they taking up too much in trying to do this? Yes, in a nutshell. I think that's really interesting to jump in quickly just because I know you have a beautiful daughter. Craft, you're yet to, um, to procreate and bless the world of your, with your children. So it'll be interesting to see how a parent versus a non-parent like this. So yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I think quick I one. Think... Pansexual is gender blind, which to me sounds like bisexual, but um, it's that's what it is. But isn't sorry. I and the reason you can't say bisexual anymore is because that implies that there are only two genders. Correct. Yeah. Um, oh, and, so and, see, I mean, male, that's the female. new bisexual Whereas... way of being politically yeah. correct then. Because then that way you can be you can you can find someone who's binary attractive. You can find mm. someone who is masculine presenting female but still like heterosexual like all this all of those things come into all the different types of people come into that space yeah oh yeah I, i'm yet to meet a pansexual person i would love to get a pansexual <coughs> person on the show to have these kind of conversations we'd mm. love that we would love to have that kind of diversity unfortunately i don't know anyone yet i've been trying to reach out but anyone knows anyone out there who is pansexual transgender who'd love to come on the show and, and voice some of their opinions we'd love to have you but yes rocky go on um, the answer is, in my opinion, yes. And it is stemming largely from a point that you've already kind of made, but I think just needs to be 
accentuated a little bit in that what the governor of Florida has tried to do, in my opinion, is quite a responsible thing. Now, it's going to be very much formed an opinion. Those opinions are going to be different relative to your background, relative to your sexual orientation, relative to your household. Again, I can only give an opinion as a heterosexual man coming from a heterosexual community, largely heterosexual community or certainly inner circle, and having seen and spoken about on this podcast many instances whereby children are being susceptible to... Children are, in my opinion, not being given a choice. And I think what we need to do as a parent, what you realise very, very quickly is that your child is a product of what you put into it. And so if that child wants to grow up and be particularly loud and rambunctious or or heavy-handed or selfish or super caring or super loving or super embracing, nine times out of ten from what I've seen of my own child, what I've seen of my own childhood, what I've seen of others, is that is largely going to be somewhat a direct impact from what you've put into them right it's a mm-hmm. plant you see feed it it grows and it grows into whichever way you want so everything down to the um uh the visual stimuluses that the children are having what you're feeding it mentally is all very very important now again someone else would turn around and say well look as a lgbtqia individual then there should be nothing wrong with you putting in front of that child visual stimuluses that let them know that all of these different denominations exist so that they can make an informed decision about where their sexual orientation is going to be. For me personally, I don't necessarily agree with that because we've seen examples where kids can take on the information that they're potentially seeing and project it in a very direct way and maybe not really understand exactly what it is that they're digesting and I think it does come to a point where as a parent as a society as a Mm -hmm. government Mm. we should be protecting what it is that children take in and protecting their ability to just develop organically I still believe that look homosexuals and all of these different orientations exist now and have existed for a long time even in a society whereby they weren't promoted as much as they were and so Again, and this is probably where we should have someone on, on, the, on the couch who can maybe talk about it from a different perspective. By not having this information out there, by not having it in every single um, cartoon that the kids are seeing, I don't necessarily think it's going to stifle their ability to grow into any one of those acronyms. It, it won't be pushed as much. You might not see as many people getting there as soon, but ultimately I believe that you'll get there. Because you'll get there anyway. You you <laughs> that's, that's, that's just my opinion. Um, it's funny. I think I think a lot of people would argue, a lot of, like for example, a lot of the gay people I've spoken to, right? So I've spoken to like transgender people, like on this on on like li- lightly approached the topic of identity. I've been to like a couple of talks and stuff to try and understand, and you know, it's something that it's encouraged a lot of at work to try and understand, um, for the different origins and stuff. But that thing you are, you, who you are, is really important, right? It's a really powerful thing because a lot of people get frustrated when it's assumed that it's a decision that people are making. But if you are who you are, then your growth and understanding of that, like you said, should come about organically. But maybe it's not about... Don't have kids, though. Maybe, maybe it's not about... Maybe it's not about <laughs> just the kids who are those identities, but also the kids who aren't. Giving them an opportunity to understand, like, you know, what those... 
what those uh, those classifications, those groupings, those those represented groups, um, who they are and how they feel. I mean, I want to let you finish because I think you've got to say something and then I want to hear across these I, th- I think just that last bit is a really interesting point. One thing I've noticed about children, and again, if we go back to what the governor's done where he's almost protected what these children up to the age of nine, as you've just cleared up, you're going to see, is that kids don't usually see... Um, the differences in other people and kids until they're shown it. So, again, as an example, and I'm going to use my daughter as a direct reference, my daughter, for the longest time, did not ever really see... And I'm going to use colour because it's an easy one to use. Didn't ever really see... Who proves the point? Who proves the point? It doesn't really... It didn't ever really see colour. So she would see kids and she would gravitate to whoever it is that she wanted to. When she was actually using the term what we use, black and white, she would say brown skin or light skin. And it was only funny enough in the last um, Black History Month where she started learning about somebody to whom I've forgotten now um, that she even heard the term black and was like, oh, I black is me and black is you and black is you and, and white is that person. Now, although, yeah, she's going to learn that lesson eventually, I get it. That actually really pissed me off because... Oh, did you? Okay. It pissed me off prior to that because, again, black and white in itself... Is a name. It's it, it. All it does is separate us. And up until that point, she didn't see the separation in humanity. She just saw everybody. Now she's gonna grow up, and life's gonna beat her up enough to the point where she knows what she is, and she's gonna know what she is. But by us, don't know like, that that phrase in life's gonna beat her up a little bit. Unfortunately, well, she's a black woman. Life's gonna beat her up to an extent. And no, I think we can we can shake our heads and say this is it's terrible thing, but it's a reality. It's not necessarily <coughs> gonna be easy for her. But that being said, it's so sad. At that early age. That naivety, that innocence, I think that should be allowed to naturally develop and let the parents put them into that environment rather than her now going into onto Netflix, pressing a button, and she's got a one in two chance of learning about a sexuality that may influence how she thinks about she that. feels yeah. about something or somebody. And for me, I, I just don't like the idea. I find it's quite... It's a, what's the word with this? It's, it's, it's uh, brain... Indoctrinating. Um, yeah, we can use that term. Um, but Propaganda, brainwashing, all that kind of stuff. Brainwashing, propaganda. Exactly I guess it's that. indoctrination, I, just, I guess it's, it's like, yeah. I just so, don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, and anyway. Yeah, what you got to say something? Um, no, yeah, I, I just find it, in a way, kind of... Not perverse, that's too strong, but like, at what... <laughs> it's over-representation... Overrepresentation. Yeah, if you're gonna make fifty percent of the characters mm-hmm. um, from the LGBTQIA community, um, that's that's not reflective of society. society. So you're ultimately, and people know that you know the, there's powerful structures in the world. There's government. There's uh, you could say there's a president. He's powerful, but then there's the education system, and they know how powerful that is because it ultimately. Um, whether it pigeonholes people, but it ultimately kind of um, gives you your bearing on the world or tells you who you should be in a sense um, or how you should look at things, how you should or shouldn't question things. But the education system is powerful. So for me, and and I'll I'll put Disney in that category Mm. because of how widespread it is with children around the world. They're all going to watch a cartoon at some point and chances are 90% of them are from Disney. I don't know if that's the real fact figures but you no, know no, what I mean. so, yeah, so, so for you to put half the characters as um, 
uh, from the LGBTQIA community um, were ultimately encouraging them children, encouraging children to possibly take up a position on their sexuality mm. that they otherwise wouldn't have wouldn't have thought about until they check their feelings. Mm. Um, and that would really come at a certain age. Um, but so I, I find it very disturbing that um, these are the measures or um, ideas they have in order to include everyone or in order to kind of let children know this is okay to be like this or like that. Um, yeah. And again, it goes back to the parents um, who are supposed to be teaching their children and I get it some parents are not good and they fail or they have ideas of racism or anti-gay that they would ultimately push onto their child but from my life experience and this is my last point yeah, no, be happy to hear. from my life experience um, it your parents can teach you up until a certain point mm. but if you are gay or if you feel your something else other than what your parents are trying to project on you I think that comes to light at some point mm. and maybe you have a discussion with your parents to say I don't feel the same way as you uh, maybe about black people white people whatever um, or your sexuality because I think you parents can make it hard on their children to come out as gay but that's all they can really do mm. if, yeah. if you look at the the whole um sphere of, of um sexuality. sexuality so it's about us trusting parents and not listening to let's say governments or um because they're pitching to the world that you know we can look after your children better than your parents can um, and they'll have that argument but i there, think we should resist that argument, argument. there's um, an argument for that so in some situations but i don't think it's enough to to have a blanket yeah we should we should look after them and tell the teachers what to tell them and so on we're gonna have to we're gonna have to um, move on, but I think you both made uh, very interesting, valid points. What I will say though is I think that to take up the role of featuring members of the LGBTQIA community in these films in this capacity at children's level, they I think that there's an idea that representation by having them present is is like good enough, right? But it's not the same as when you compare it to race, right? People are like, okay, you know, for example, for example, in Canto, a recent massive hit for kids, right? And it's based in the in is it Colombia? Probably, I haven't watched South it. America. Uh, so, some 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 like mm. the Latino community, and there were a lot of like Afro Latino, not a lot. There were a few Afro Latino characters in there, right? Mm. Which is like interesting because obviously, for a while. We haven't seen that. We just see light skin like um, Mexicans, Colombians, Brazilians, not knowing that there's a huge... Like, Colombia, I think, has got the highest um, population of um, black people outside of Africa. Yeah. yeah. Right? But, it like... It might be... No, it's not Brazil, but... Yeah, yeah but they have that, yeah. right? Even Brazil, like, areas like Bahia and El Salvador, <laughs> loads of black people, but mm. you don't you don't really you don't really see that. Like, mm. some people don't even consider Brazil to be a black country, yeah, yeah, right? So, you can see that, but once a child sees those characters, there's like, oh, there's a bit of me there, right? Mm. And it, that's all it has to be because visually you've nailed it, right? 
But when you have the members of, like, when he was discussing gender and stuff, gender is not apparent on someone's face or the way they look mm. and blah, blah. Mm. So Disney can't just feature someone and make reference to the fact that mm. they might be pansexual, might, they might be gender binary, whatever. They have to explain what that is. And in any film, there might not that be means, enough space yeah. to be able to get to doing that. So if, yeah. you look, if you can't do it justice, it's really dangerous mm. to leave it half done. And the if they're going to do gonna, it... The only way they have to, they're going to have to do it is by having a relationship. They have to do that. In order to say, oh, if you can't, that's two yeah, boys. If you can't have that conversation you know, and you can't unpackage it, and I'm not saying that it's... I'm not saying that it's the right thing to do. I'm just saying that if you're going to have... If you're going to take it upon yourself to have these guys featured, you have to be able to explain why they are who they are, hmm. how they identify themselves. Like that, has to, that stuff has to be unpackaged. You can't just be like, oh, there's Antonio over there, he's pansexual, and leave it at that, I think you've done your job. I because then this... that means that your child comes home and goes, oh, that character's pansexual, what does that mean? And then it's, you're forced to have a conversation about it. And I'm not saying it's bad, you should be, you should want to have an open conversation Ooh. where you can educate your kids but all the time. But they've done that now. They, they never they, had... They either do it or they don't. If it's a representation <clears> thing, it's like, okay, I can see that black character now. Mm-hmm. I can see that Mexican character now. Yeah. Like, people have seen, like, Spider-Man into Spider-Verse and they've seen, like, this new Miles Morales and he is biracial, right? His mum is Latina, I think his dad is black. And yeah. so, you know, whatever. But you see that representation, they're both speaking Spanish, like, like it's a mixed heritage fan. It's a really easy thing to unpackage really quickly. Mm. You can't unpackage gender that quickly. It's no, taken the whole world this long the, to get here. The, so the, you can't unpackage it in the first five minutes and, of a, of a and Disney why, So why it's quite hard to take on that responsibility mm. and then like also unpackage it. If you can find a way to do it, cool. Keep but in mind. cartoons having this in there when cartoons back in the day didn't? Why are we talking about no, sexual you know orientation they, they did, with though. kids? They did, they did. And this is one of the things that maybe, we're, kids. Mi- this is where maybe we're missing because we're being slightly ignorant to it. Mickey the reality Minnie. is... No, it's not even Mickey and Minnie. But it doesn't make a difference whether it's Mickey and Minnie or whether it's Little Mermaid or whether it is what it is, right? There is always a lead and there is always a love interest. Fact. Yeah, there is. There's always a prince and a princess. There's always a mermaid and a man. Now, we don't see the... Diversity in that because actually because it's, it's a heterosexual it's relationship. Like, yeah, yeah. But if there's somebody again sitting on this couch saying just because you guys are heterosexual and I'm one of the other acronyms, don't make your sexuality more important than mine. So at the end of the day, you've seen this for the last fifty years. All we're now doing is heightening because they made it very clear that they're talking about the lead on characters. They're not necessarily talking about background characters. They're talking mm. about leads. Well, they're also there's, talking there's also about like films. bestiality. Uh, Lion King, and and they're, and they're trying to legalize bestiality. There's, there's a. Do there's, you want your kids watching the someone falling in love mermaid. with a dog like that to little get mermaid, married is that, or something? Is that like a heterosexual relationship? She's a mermaid. Yeah, but I mean, you're getting deep now. I mean, all, all girls think they're mermaids. Like, what but we all know we're not, so it's okay. At Funny some point, you can be whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, is that what you're telling me? You can be whatever you want. You can be an apple when you grow up. Yeah, that's it. I get your point. I get your point. But it's 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 um to me it's it's a bit weird. That you you don't just create new shows that that is in tune with the current climate and can represent people. You're gonna change characters that are exist already. And it's not that I'm in love with all the old shows where there's princes and princesses and all of that crap. No, but if you're gonna do something, be reasonable. You know, you for you to say half your characters. Yeah, I think that's ridiculous. Are going to uh, half your characters black? Are half of them Chinese, or you know, it doesn't make sense. But this is this is the world we live in, and yeah. I, I just find it. It's okay. I, I, I get how it's not reflective. Still. The numbers aren't reflective, and it's like an aggressive trying to like catch up. It is, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. an yeah. over over representation. That's what I say. Yeah, no, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. But let's uh, let's move on. So Pretty Patel is sending refugees to Rwanda. <laughs> uh, her 
initiative has been described as anti-Christian, amoral. <laughs> that there's the, the, the Archbishop of Canterbury said that there's serious ethical questions about her plan. Whatever works, right? Yeah. Um, essentially, like people who have tried to come to this country, I guess illegally, are being rerouted to Rwanda where they can apply for asylum. They can be given like housing whilst they're trying to sort all that stuff out. Um, and then like, if they want to stay in Rwanda, they can do that. Apply for like permanent stay, etc. Um, but a lot of people, over 160 actually charities and like campaign groups think it's really cruel and shameful. Mm. Um, a lot of people think it's not feasible, it's unworkable. Um, I guess Israel well, I did it you, first. I mean, I I I don't I don't and know. I think that the first, but what I, wanted, what I wanted to kind of get from you guys is where you stand. It. So, Karate, you know, you want to go first? Yeah. No. Um, where immigration is a problem problem um, for some countries, you know, Greece get it a lot worse. France have it worse. Italy. Um, I don't know about Spain, but a lot of the countries that border or um, you can find routes from mm. uh, the Middle East or Africa. We're an island, fundamentally, you know, aren't we? Yeah. And, uh, but just, just to stay on the Rwanda point, I think it's, I think it's wrong that you're going to spend 20 to 30k for the first three months, including flights and accommodation, for each immigrant. And I and and they're saying it will save money. So I'm thinking, is this all done because of money? The fact is, and they're, and they're putting pumping in 120 million into the economic development of yeah. Rwanda. But that I mean, whatever it, that first means. First of all, Rwanda probably doesn't need that money because they've been the fastest growing um, African nation, or one of the fastest growing countries in the world in terms of development and so on. It's, there's a lot of good stuff going on there, and you'd want to be a part of it. So. The immigration issue, are these people that are getting sent there, are they getting sent there for a better life, to be part of that growth and actually get opportunities? Or are they going there to just sit in a cell, which is accommodation, they call it, or whatever, <laughs> and have a tag or, you know, certain things to say, you're not just allowed to run and roam because you entered UK illegally. So you're technically a prisoner um, if they're controlling where you go and where you stay. If you think about it, yeah. so are, are these people part of the <coughs> development, and uh, are they going to have this opportunity? It's like, hold on, you, are you? Is Pretty Patel telling us that, or telling them, oh, okay, you came here, but you know we haven't got anything for you, but here's another great opportunity. So this is what we want to do with you. I doubt that very much, yeah. and that's that's the question. So I, I would hold my horses a bit, but on on the surface, it just seems very unethical. Like, it seems wrong. Um, I'm surprised Rwanda agreed to it unless some people just want to chop money um, because unless these people are actually helping their country grow, I don't see why any country will agree to it. The last point, you're coming from Africa, for example. So I think, I'm not sure. So this is my speculation. I think if you're black or <laughs> past a certain shade, then you go to Rwanda. Meanwhile, if you're maybe Syrian or from uh, Romania or I don't know, wherever else, if maybe they pass. don't send you there. You know, so are you sending Africans there because they're more in tune with that culture, possibly? And if that's the case, it's 
nuts that you're going to spend 5k or whatever to come all the way through a smuggle and then get sent back to Rwanda. But I think it's the, it's the, it's a deterrent, really. Fundamentally, they're not doing it for the yeah, opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And they're focusing it's... on men, right? They're focusing on young men. So they're trying yeah, but to, most the guys people who, that travel are... Yeah, the are guys young, who, yeah, who they think are, are strong enough to try and make these treacherous journeys, they're yeah. trying to nab those, but continue. It's, it's, so, A, it's a deterrent. Um, B, it's trying to <coughs> provide some kind of sanity or at least try and cancel out one of those industries. It's actually quite profitable, obviously smuggling of people, trafficking. Um... But I think there's an arrogance about it. I must admit, I think at the moment, the information I've seen is very, very poor. Because like you say, where are they going in Rwanda? How are they going to be reinvesting back into that social economy? What standard of living are they going to have? All of the points that you're making, which if that was clearly laid out, and this is where probably the government have been really poor. Because it's it's not rocket science to be able to understand that by saying something as blasé as it is, they're not going to be able to come here, they're going to go to Rwanda. That in itself has so many holes in it that it's only going to create a perception. There's an arrogant perception that you're not good enough for England. Yeah, you're not mm. quite good enough for us. Mm. But here's another guy over there that you can go and help out. And they Actually, said it as well. It's like, we're ridiculous. not sending Ukrainian refugees there, albeit slightly different, but they're still yeah. um, come out of the same issue. It's f- fled from war or war-torn countries or you know issues in their country. Not everyone... So, I didn't want to no, no, stamp on, on, on your on. point. Um, but the deterrent, to me, what you said earlier, the, the deterrent should be to go back to their own country, but to keep them safe from mm. whatever asylum they're, they're seeking, if you go know what I mean. But that would be the best deterrent. You're mm. going back to the country you tell us you're from. <laughs> and, and do deals, individual deals with each country to be like, look, when your people come here, but I think we're sending that, them back. That, that would be the deterrent. And actually, that, that's the true through, deterrent. But globally, I don't deterrent, think yeah. I don't think that would be that would be right politically. That I would, think be, would be absolutely chastised. right. It wouldn't. And because Why not? don't 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 forget that the majority and I'm going to say the majority of people who are seeking asylum are doing so because they're coming from a place that may have been war torn or may have been. It's such dire straits that actually they needed to escape the country. Oh, so for fine. you to then they're turn around and say, no, I get it, yeah. I get it. But they're humans, right? And so as a government, fundamentally, you need to be looking out for humans. Look out for your own interests, look out for your own economy, your own people, but you still have to have a base level of respect for humans. So you can't take somebody who's just escaped a, a very serious situation and put them back into it just because you don't want to deal with them. That in itself globally doesn't Rocky, send the right message. But this is the pr- problem. But if they are going to send them somewhere else if it is Rwanda and showcase to everybody what that picture looks like then people can maybe buy into the idea but I think with that lack of clarity you, at the I'll moment I'll tell you it's why we lazy. can't buy into any of their ideas one we've seen how they behaved with um, the Ukraine issue depending on where you're from and how open arms they've been mm. to receive people and similar issue a year ago or going on today in you know uh, Yemen or whatever they mentioned nothing. In fact, they armed the people doing the atrocities. So they have zero credibility on what their plans may or may not not look like. Mm-hmm. We have to actually see it for us to judge it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? 100%. Now, as asylum seekers, of course there's people that are asylum seeking for, the, for real reasons. And that's why we will call them that and label mm-hmm. them. But the immigrants that run away on boat, uh, come to other countries on boat, I think a deterrent would be to say, look, you're going back to where we think you're from unless or provide solid facts as to where you're from have you got a passport whatever and and that's the difference because you're what the public or what the papers 
don't always differentiate is real asylum seekers that need help and yeah, yeah, can yeah. and should stay here if possible. But sometimes, it's but then the question is, sometimes it's difficult where for people the to hell make the difference anyway. Like huh? you're, you're, if you're if you're working on border control and you just see uh, a little bogey boat coming over and there's six seven people on there, none of them speak English. All look fucking deprived of any real nutrition or anything. But like this that. is where the investment comes in. Our country should invest, and we have got we have got these people already that speak multiple languages yeah, and can course, come and course, interpret. Course, course. Or you know, so we're not investing the money correctly, but for good reason. They don't want to solve that issue in the way that is it is humane I, I just, or think, makes sense. I think it's quite a complicated issue to no, solve. No, it, it totally is. Somebody it, comes over and says, is. "Oh yeah, I'm from I'm from Spain." Okay, cool. We send you back to Spain because you've got no papers. All of a sudden, yeah. at the Spanish border, like, I know who the fuck this. But then is. you you Why have a relationship with Spain to call them yeah, and say, yeah, "This is yeah, the this yeah. person says they're X Y Z." If it checks out. Mm. We'll 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 hear you out, or we'll we'll do certain and, and things it, for and you. If it doesn't check you know, out, then what? But if it doesn't check out, then what? Then I think you should be in somewhere <laughs> like Rwanda. <laughs> <laughs> not no, not this necessarily. Point, no, no, wait, not in no, an no, idle no, world. No, wait, hold if on. You can no, make those let's checks not, and references. Not no, I'm it, saying in an no, idle no. world, if you can make those checks ah! and references. No, but don't run on that point because <laughs> I haven't finished. Um, the, the thing is, you can say they ha- it happens every day. People come and they say they're from there, but they're really from there. Correct. Invest in ways to finding out properly, and if you can't, um, it's a shame. But I don't have the answers in terms of how you deal with that. But I know they currently are dealing with that. What you should be thinking about That's is exactly how the hell are you a refu- uh, a, If you're an immigrant, you come here by boat. How many countries did you pass through? Where you're, if you're an asylum seeker, you're supposed to go to the safest, nearest country. So coming to UK is never really an option for a lot of these people, unless they're from France, Holland or Belgium or something. Mm. Otherwise, how the hell did you get it? I get it. France have a hostile environment, mm. so no one wants to live there. They speak English, so they want to come here. But <laughs> I don't know how many countries in Europe, but a, hell, a lot of them speak English. Mm. A lot of them. So, you know, we're hearing, you know, you speak to someone or you hear someone who's on the asylum seeker side or immigrant side saying we should be more open and stuff. And they're not telling you the full picture of, are these should these people actually have made it here or should they have seeked a country closer where they can be safe? And this is a failure of all governments, not just ours, because they should be communicating properly to say, look, if people do run from A to B, this is what we'll do with them between these two countries and these other countries. But sending them to somewhere like Rwanda and stuff, it's only years later you might hear how bad of an experience someone had. Yeah, completely. I just think you're going to quickly get to two immovable objects because like you just said, and I would like to believe that there has been efforts to make investment into how you can work out where people have come from. But like you say, if you've got someone that comes on your doorstep, fundamentally you want to work out where they're from. It transpires that you can't or that they said something that isn't true and now you've got two governments saying, you keep giving me these tens of thousands of people that we don't know where That's they're from. That's what I'm showing you, bro. And then ultimately you get into the same position you are now. The where, pile okay, up well, is mad. we do? Mm. So now you're dealing with a whole load of camps or a whole load of halfway houses where these people are seeking asylum. And look, so... Whilst I'm not backing Pretty's, have, have Pretty's rules. I'm not backing Pretty's mm. plan, but the principle of saying, okay, well, here is arguably a developing country that is happy and prepared to take okay. on mm. the additional mm. people to give them the appropriate levels of um, housing and opportunity and financial support. Cool on paper, that sounds cool, but I guess the problem I have with this at this moment in time is that. None of that exists. It's just, yeah. we're England. We ain't got time for this no more. We've done Brexit. We've done said we're not giving, you know, 
100,000 people homes every flipping six months. So you need to go somewhere else. And it's just like Rwanda's just some place that we made an agreement with. It it just lacks detail. And that's my that's my fundamental problem. Mm. Uh, for me, uh, th- that as well, and it lacks trust because I don't trust the people in charge, especially after Windrush and all no, <laughs> yeah, 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 stuff. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't there's trust Pretty Patel no, and no, these guys. She'll sign whatever no, needs to be signed. 100%, 100%. That's, that's, and that's, that's, that's my issue. That's no doubt. Mm. Um, so like, moving, moving on. Um, Rox, we were on a call um, a couple of months back. <coughs> Wait, you didn't call man either. No? You were on the call. <laughs> oh, okay. So you were on the call. Right, so we were on a call. We were on a call a couple of months back, and you raised the conversation around uh, masculinity. Mm. Now we've discussed things like gender roles. The fluidity, the fluid nature of them. And, you know, we've seen that in previous episodes. So if you want to go back through the archives on YouTube, you can find that. You asked the question, are men still men? Mm. Me being a Renaissance man, thought to myself, what does that actually mean? What does that actually mean? I want to just create some space for you to package that. Are men still men? What does that mean to you? What does that question mean? I had a conversation yesterday with um, with uh, a, a lady, and well, <laughs> and we were we were having a little bit of a falling out over something. Ooh, spicy and, uh, passion. We had made an arrangement. We sh- we should have met up at a particular time and place for whatever reason. It didn't quite happen. Um, and I. She got herself a little bit impassioned about you know what had transpired and what hadn't transpired and why she felt like she was um, taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And wait, 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 wait. wait, you had a convo with a friend. Yep. And she's not complaining about you, right? She was. She was complaining about something that I had done. I hadn't. So you took advantage of people. I apparently oh, I God. I had um, taken the piss out of her in the manner in which I spoke to her. Because ultimately, fundamentally, she felt like I'd done something wrong. And the way in which I approached her, she didn't feel was apologetic enough. Mm-hmm. I, can, I, can, okay. I can picture that. Really? Yeah, no, it's good <laughs> storytelling. Come on, come. Anyway, and it was, this, although this happened yesterday and the conversation we had was some time ago, but I felt like it was another example whereby I, I spoke to her in a very direct, clear, factual way. And the energy that I feel like she gave back to me at the time was such that at no point was it rude, no point, no point it was aggressive, no point did I, did I swear or even raise my voice. But the fact that I was speaking to her in an assertive manner was a problem for her. And it was interesting because I, some of it was on done over voice notes, some of it was on a phone conversation. And I actually went back and listened to myself and I'm like, this is, this is calm, this is super calm. Like All I've done is laid out a matter of facts in a very clear and simple way so that you understand where I'm coming from and how this issue isn't as black and white as maybe you've seen it. And she had a very prob- a very much a problem with the direct nature and with the way in which I approached her. And I felt like it was an example of a situation that has now transcended from we as men are sometimes not allowed to do the things that are in many ways innate, are not allowed to sometimes communicate 
in a way that we have done for generations. Mm. We are not allowed to vocalize opinions in a manner that we have done for decades. And I think there's just a very big transition going along. We all speak about women, we all speak about black women and the difficulties that, 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 are, that are there. And I think we're open and honest about them. But what we don't talk about enough is how difficult sometimes it can be to be a man, especially when we as second, third generation men, whatever we might be, have learned from those generations preceding us and the world has changed quite rapidly. And yes. so... The question stems from, are men still men? Are men still allowed to behave and communicate and to dictate and to expect a certain level of, I don't know, just livelihood in the same way that we were however many years ago? And the answer to that question isn't just about the men, it's about everybody and everything around it. Are women allowing men to be men in the same way that they have been, or is the dynamics changing? Personally, I think the dynamics are changing. Yeah, I think they've done changed. I think mean, the dynamics yeah. have changed significantly. But to yeah, say, yeah, are men still, still men in like, what's considered to be the traditional, stereotypical thing of what a man is? Like, the answer is like, yes, but within reason. So, <clears throat> it's like, I, I always have this conversation with women, right? They'll talk about how... Oh, this guy, he's on call. He, this guy won't leave me alone. He's always calling me. This, that, and the third, blah, blah. I'm like, do you like this guy? No, no, he's not my type. He's not this. He's not that. Cool. All right, cool. That's why it's an issue because he's not the guy you like. <clears throat> because if he's the guy you like, You're within right, reason, yeah. those, those, within reason, like, it's obviously not a blanket statement, but within reason, some of those tendencies are seen as him being assertive, him making it clear that he likes you, blah, blah, because you like him. You, you, there's an attraction to it so there's someone who's always calling you that you don't want to speak to mm. that person's bugging you mm. when someone who's calling you on a regular basis that you do want to speak to they're really into you they're mm. not afraid, they're not afraid mm. to, to show that they like you blah blah right now this being a man hate. being a man like if you do that some people will look at you and be like you know you're, you're assertive you've seen something you like you're going after it mm. there's respect for that if, I, if, 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 I if a woman finds you, if a woman finds you attractive he was persistent yeah if a, if a woman <laughs> finds you attractive like, yeah, then it's calm. Like, it's cool. If she's not attracted to you, though, that's something that she's not... So the quality that men were men were supposed to have and were lauded for back in the day, those things still exist, but within certain capacities. Like, women are talking about, uh, you know, they want to be... And yeah, I'm looking at it from a heterosexual point of view, right? So not to not to exclude anyone, but that's all I know, right? Mm-hmm. So for women, there's for a long time, there's this idea of, like... You know, going through a stage where men were out, supposed to go out there and provide, right? And being able to go out there and provide afforded you certain, like, luxuries and position within your relationship, right? Because you were providing, because you were doing this and that. You know, you can get into argument about submissive, about about gender roles in the, in the relationship and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, taking care of certain things afforded you the opportunity to do certain things, right? And then went through a stage where actually that women are like, well, we're just as smart, we're smarter than men in, in some instances, whatever. We shouldn't be depending on men to do anything, right? right. Like taking ownership of, of your career, of your, your position in the house, all that kind of stuff. And now there's been like another wave of this idea of soft life in it. When I'm going out, that guy should have me picked up. That guy should be paying for, for, mm. for dinner. That guy should be organising where we go, blah, blah. If a man wants to do that, Great. That's fine. He's mm. been assertive in that because you find it attractive because you like that guy. 
it does a guy you don't like and he's calling you every two seconds saying, I'm taking you here. Be ready for this time. Like, it's like, whoa, 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 bro. Mm. I don't even like you like that. What are you doing? So, be, are men still men? Yes, they are in that traditional sense. But the extent of which it can go is very much dependent on the person who's the recipient of whatever it, whatever the attribute of being a man is. In some sense, in some instances, it's about him being him being assertive. In some instances, it's about him being taking responsibility for certain things. In some things, it's just, about you know just in that whole way he talks. In that whole statement, it, it just makes the landscape look so complicated. It is to the no, point is, where, is, like, yeah. oh my gosh, if I I look back on my 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 dad, my uncles, I look back as far back as my grandparents, right? And in those instances, those typical male tendencies that you're talking about, it actually doesn't matter what year it is. It doesn't make a difference where you are really in the world. You're always going to get the response that's requ- that's requisite of those inputs. You know what I mean? If you're generally a slave, if you're generally a, a, a provider, if you generally have expectations for your woman that she will take on a role, actually, it was pretty simple. Because 90% of the time, 97% of the time, that was what life was. I feel like now, though, the fact that you just made so many of those disclaimers, can you be soft? Can you be understanding? Can you be assertive at some points? Can you allow women to breathe and grow and be the providers? Can you accept that actually you might only be there for a penis but nothing else? Can It's it's just, more than anything else, it's just the most complicated time to be a man. Now, look, I'm, I'm all right with it because I feel like I do my job just well, just fine. But take nothing away from the fact that it is an absolute minefield if you're out there trying I've got a way to... to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Go on, tell me. I think... <clears throat> so... I, I'll try and keep it... Because this is a topic that I could go on forever on. We'll Not stop. that I know the answers, we'll, but... We'll try and stop. But I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, go so on your yeah. point first. We'll we'll I think it is a minefield, but I think the best way to do it is to remove expectations of men and women. Be who you... Be your best self, because as you say, like you're confident in who you are, for example... And you can be the man that you feel you should be or want to be. And that's really, to me, what all that matters. If you start trying to be more caring, more whatever, more this, more that, because that's what society tells you to be, it's no different than the LGBTQ community issues they've got, in a sense, where it's like, who are you? Who are you supposed to be? Who do you want to be? Mm. And um, if that in today's society comes across as a toxic male, then so flipping be it. If a woman likes you or a woman wants to rock with you, you'll find your, your one or, you know, you'll find your, your lame, let's say. Mm. Um, but other than that, the previous um, areas of, uh, not areas, but previous um, things you guys said on the men being men, um, with, and obviously it's not just about females, but um, it's hypocritical because I picked up on one thing you say, you know, a lot of women will say they want a traditional man, but they're not willing <laughs> to be traditional women. Yeah. Um, and vice versa, let's say a guy could want a traditional woman, um, but he's not being a traditional guy. Mm. So it's like you want, you want, you want, but you're not willing to um, see what kind of works well with, what you want. So you want a guy to buy you, um, take, not even buy you, but treat you like um, a lady, treat you nice and pay for everything or do whatever. And it's not only just about money. It could be about your time. Mm-hmm. Your time could be spent making money, but she wants to see you, for mm-hmm. example. So, you know, and that's why I say it's hypocritical because um, 
you saying men needs to be like this, men need to be like that. And then when men say you need to be like that, and it could be the other way around as well, you're not going to get anywhere because um, people will behave a certain way and um, it's not for anyone else to put them in a box to say this is how you should behave or if you behave like this, you're going to be, um, you're supposed to be ABC and therefore no women should get with you because you're toxic or whatever whatever it is. I don't want to go around in circles, but I find it hypocritical for anyone that um, says men should be a certain way and vice versa for men that say females should be a certain way. Um, you know, you if you're a traditional guy, that's good. Um, find a traditional woman. Don't tell a woman you like that they should be traditional. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, I does. Hear that. it I does. It does. That makes a lot of sense. So I just me. find it hypocritical. That's my main takeaway from anyone telling or saying men shouldn't be X, Y, Z or, or women, women should, should be. be. It's just hypocritical. Be, be who you are and hope that you can find someone who that can, matches. Can match yeah, that likes who you are and, and can um, blend with you. And yeah, it might take longer to find that person, but it's better than finding someone that you think, want to be a certain way. I think we're, we're looking at it from a very... Um, a very simple perspective where we're just talking about relationships, which is important, it's, and it's probably the biggest, most important factor. But there's also men as parents. There's also men as friends. Uh, I can guarantee you right now, and I don't know what it's like with your parents, but a lot of the older men that I know, so say my dad and my uncles and maybe their granddads, none of them would have had female friends really like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. They have their missus, they have them and them, they don't really have female friends like that. Mm. So That's a very good point. Unless there was some sound man. (laughs) (laughs) DJ or something. Maybe, maybe. And so now, even as a man in this age, in this genre, occupying that space where actually I've got quite a few female friends, like how do I now play that role facilitating and navigating my way through the female emotions as nothing but just a friend with no sexual endeavours. Again, whether or not, and I'm talking about myself, fine, as a, as a single parent looking after a young woman, that's not something that men have ever had to do. Like, again, mm, go back mm. a couple generations and the, I, from, look, you go Caribbean, there were, there were kids all over the street and no one knew where their dads was. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that's the same up until, my, like, my dad. So... This whole thing of now, actually, you're you're responsible potentially, certainly from anywhere from down from ten to fifty percent of your time, rearing and looking after a young woman and making sure she's growing in a way that's balanced, like that in itself is contributing to men not even being allowed to be too egotistical, not being allowed to be too fickle because mm. actually you have a responsibility. So I think we can and focus on recognize that because it would ultimately shape you to be slightly different correct, from correct. the previous guys. And a, a lot of these are positives. So, a lot of these are positives. Mm. I must say, like although we're sitting here making making ends about it as if it's a problem, so many of these things are shaping men into being better. That's a fact. Mm. But again, going back to the question, are men still men inferring that you know what they were historically and the life that they could live historically and the things that they could say and the way in which they could operate. Is it the same? No, it's not. Is it always worse? Not necessarily, but like I say, it's complicated. It is. And it's... it's, it's men know. are still men, but what, what's been happening is that they're actually not even coming together, but they're identifying um, 
other men that see their struggles ultimately mm. and is giving, let's say, pushback. And to me, rightly so, because it's like, no, be who you're going to be and have these feelings or thoughts. And that's just the way it is. Don't curb them because you might offend someone. Your example, when you were talking to your friend and you were being assertive, you said uh, factual points or whatever, but maybe you said it line by line in a way they didn't like. Mm. Women say stuff to guys all the time that in, yeah, yeah. in a manner they don't like. All the time. And I don't want women to come for me. But a spade just like say what and, it is. It is what it is. And women talk to men in, in that in a way they don't like far more times than men. Everyone's different say more in individual. But there's also no, a natural habit. I'm talking about like if you're talking about friends um or people you interact with it's very unlikely I'm going to talk to Rocky or you in a way you don't like, given our length or time of a relationship. There's some women that may talk to you in a way where you're like, and you let it slide, you let it slide. And maybe vice versa, to be, to be fair. But to me, I think women have a wider variety of things they can say in ways. And women will tell you, talking to other women, that they will read into things they say to each other and they'll tell me and I'll be like, no, she didn't mean that. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. <laughs> or, you know, they take things differently I think a lot of the time. The mad thing is that in, in exchanges like that, you take away from the natural intent of what a man is about. Naturally, as men, we're supposed to be the aggressor. Go back to Adam and Eve. Mm. Go back to, and I always use this example. Best believe, if I'm sitting in bed at night with my missus, my kids in the next room, and someone hears something downstairs, smashing the window. Hears <laughs> yeah, right, what the, what the fuck are they doing? Who's getting up first? Bruv. 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 <laughs> we had, yeah? we talked about I don't care who's the breadwinner. I don't care who works harder, who works oh, from home. I don't I give do. a fuck, bruv. The first thing she's doing is saying, get the fuck up. And you know what? That's, I'm all right with that. That's my job. If anyone gets killed first, me. I'm all right with it. I'm cool. Yeah. Because that's my role as protector, as aggressor, as the person who has to manage that shit. But yet, when I have a conversation, and sometimes those natural tendencies come out in a manner yeah, that exactly. is natural. of a man, then it's a problem. It's, yeah. And I'm like... And look, the funny I, thing is, you didn't choose to be the protector or to be the one to get up first. It's just naturally in you where you're like, oh, it's me. You just know it's you. If you're going to declare your name is Rocky, bruv, and it kicks off and you can't, <laughs> and you can't back the thing, yeah, you're like, no, no, no force calls of Rocky, bro. Bro, listen, they've been calling me Rocky <laughs> since I was 16. <laughs> you know yeah? I mean? Man's bona fide. I can't still have this name himself, after 20 years, bro. He brought it himself, bruv. That's 100%. You can't be talking about that stuff, bruv. That one I'm not going to let slide, bruv. I thought I was let slide. Yeah, no, but I, I I think it's it's one of those things. Right? I think I do think the men thing. There's a lot of things to unpack because you know there's also like the toxic toxic masculinity side of it. There's actually I've been talking to my wife many times about the notion of toxic femininity actually and how that impacts masculinity. Mm. And when we get a female um, uh, a, a woman guest in here who, can, who we can unpack it with, we're definitely going to do that because I think these all will bring into it because the idea mm. of what it is to be a man is, is allowed within certain parameters that are set by people who most more often not aren't men which, is, worst, which is actually what's interesting right? the worst they, thing about they it, are the ones who are decided what well, it's okay or they're not even men so toxic femininity to me we can't even decide this far more no we're not yeah. far more widespread in today's age than toxic masculinity toxic masculinity relies on the historic nature of of um the, the um patriarchy to me a I lot get, of it, a lot of it relies on history of how men have treated other men and women in the past. 
but we don't discuss the the various issues surrounding toxic femininity. Sounds that, like that's that, a topic for next session. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, a big, that's a big one. That's yeah, a, there's yeah. a lot to unpack. Even yeah. that's the, let's, let's, let's get someone sitting here as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that. 